I'm talking. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. What is possibly going to be the most fun story in Las Vegas sports? What the hell are the Golden Knights doing with the salary cap? Jack Eichel is out of a non-contact jersey the last time he was seen at practice. So Jack Eichel should be close to returning. Greg Wyshynski reported that he could come back on February 16th. That's a home game against the Colorado Avalanche next week. Golden Knights don't play this weekend. They don't play again until the middle of Next week. So could Jack Eichel be back next week? Could he make his Golden Knights debut next week against the Colorado Avalanche? That is their next game. If he does, the Golden Knights have to do something. They cannot simply bring Jack Eichel back onto the roster. There has to be some sort of roster move. We've been talking about it since they added Jack Eichel. Who do they trade? Right? What makes the most sense? If you've got a trade salary where if you've got to find space for $10 million, and maybe if Alec Martinez is on long-term IR, it's not $10 million right away. But eventually, if this roster was fully healthy, you're going to have to trade away $10 million, right? Does Riley Smith go because he's an unrestricted free agent? Does, you know, a Shea Theodore go because you can get good value? You can actually get a return on him because he's a young, controlled asset that a lot of people would want, Right. Do you sort of try to combine uh, Laurent Brossois and a bunch of other guys that are making like $2 million, right? There's a lot of ways you could make that work. A lot of ways you can get to $10 million. You could even trade away Max Pacioretty. He makes uh, $7 million. So like there's a lot of ways you could make that work to get to $10 million and sort of what's the best way to do it. That's been the big question. But throughout the season, the Golden Knights haven't been healthy. They've had a lot of guys miss time. A lot of guys go on long-term IR. And it might happen again with Mark Stone. Mark Stone, uh, he has missed over 20 games this year, right? He's had a few different stints where he has missed time. Uh, one was for uh, COVID, but the rest have been an injury that he suffered in the second game of the season. He's come back and played. He missed some time right around Christmas, came back and played again, missed some time for COVID, came back, played again. He was in the all-star game, shot the pucks from the Bellagio Fountains then played in the first game back from the all-star break and then was healthy scratched in the second game back from the all-star break. And here is where Frank Severali, uh, Saravali, excuse me. Uh, he's sort of hinted at the possibility yesterday that the golden Knights could keep Mark stone on long-term IR for the rest of the regular season. Mark Stone makes $9.5 million. That is almost an identical match, almost exactly what you need to do to bring Jack Eichel into the roster. If Mark Stone goes on long-term IR for the rest of the regular season, the Golden Knights don't have to trade anybody. They can simply keep Mark Stone on long-term IR. Jack Eichel comes back. He plays the rest of the regular season. We're over the halfway mark, so 30-something games or so. And you don't have to trade Riley Smith. You don't have to trade Shea Theodore. You don't have to trade Laurent Brossois, Guinea Dodonov, any of these names that we've talked about. All of them can stay on the roster. And Mark Stone sits on long-term IR. Mark Stone has to miss the rest of the regular season. But assuming he's healthy and good to go at the start of the postseason, Mark Stone can play in the postseason. Now, this is where it's interesting. And uh, Sinbin.Vegas wrote about this. 
the way the the NHL rules as far as long-term IR goes, the way it's written, you're not allowed to have a healthy player on long-term IR. So technically, the way it's written, Mark Stone, let's say, let's say right now he's hurt and it's going to take him three weeks to recover, right? Four weeks to recover. Uh, but the Golden Knights put him on long-term IR. I need to be longer than that to be eligible for long-term IR. But whatever, he's going to miss four or five weeks. If he was ready to go after four or five weeks, they would have to bring him back, right? The way the rule is written, they would have to bring Mark Stone back if he was healthy and able to play. The problem is, is that at that point, the Golden Knights, we'd be past the trade deadline, right? And the Golden Knights, they, they wouldn't be able to bring him back. They'd have to, I don't even, can they even, really, I don't, they can't do anything. The, the salary cap would be what it is. They would be in an illegal team. So they couldn't bring him back, even if he was healthy. And that's the interesting part of this. Is Mark Stone going to go on long-term IR? And are the Golden Knights effectively going to pretend that he is hurt until the regular season ends? And then, hey, look at that. He's healthy as soon as the postseason begins. You kind of need Mark Stone in on it. You kind of need Mark Stone to be like, yeah, not feeling good. Not feeling good. Oh, the postseason's here. Guess who's feeling good? Guess who's ready to go? Guess who can come off long-term hour? Because the salary cap is irrelevant once you get to the postseason. Now, what's interesting about this is that the Tampa Bay Lightning did it last year. This literally just happened. Nikita Kucherov did not play in the regular season. Nikita Kucherov was ready to go in the postseason. The Tampa Bay Lightning took advantage of long-term IR where you can stash injured players and have more than the salary cap on your roster. The Tampa Bay Lightning did it last season. They won a Stanley Cup because of it. The NHL didn't change any rules. There was no adjustment to how long-term IR works. And so the Golden Knights can do the same exact thing the very next year. And it's phenomenal. That's the key here. This is absolutely the way the Golden Knights should do this. There is no doubt about it. This is the best thing the Golden Knights can do. Don't trade anybody away. Why would you trade anybody away? Put Mark Stone on long-term IR. Because here's the thing. You want Jack Eichel to come back and play. Because the other possibility here is Jack Eichel could have simply been on long-term IR for the rest of the regular season. And they would have had no problem and they could have played him at the start, uh, start of the postseason. But Jack Eichel hasn't played hockey in I don't know how long. It's been a very long time since Jack Eichel's played hockey. And more importantly, he's, he hasn't played with this team. He hasn't played with these players. So if, the, if you were choosing between the two, Jack Eichel and Mark Stone, who do you want to play the last 30-ish games of the season? You're picking Jack Eichel because Mark Stone knows these guys, right? Mark Stone, I'd feel 100% confident that Mark Stone doesn't play another game this regular season. Here comes the postseason. Mark Stone back with Pacioretty and Chandler Stevenson. He's fine. He's good to go, right? I feel 100% comfortable. Eichel, I'd still feel okay, but there might be a learning curve, and you don't want a learning curve when game one of the postseason. With Stone, that probably wouldn't exist. This makes too much sense. It makes so much sense for the Golden Knights that they, they have to do it. I mean, this has to be the answer because the other answer is you're losing Riley Smith or uh, whatever, Laurent Brossois, your backup goalie, or Evgeny Dodonov, or Jonathan Marsh. So, like, the other answer to this is you're losing important players. And if you're trying to win the Stanley Cup right now, this is exactly what they should do. And there's nothing, like, they can't really get punished for it. The only way they can, like, get in trouble is if Mark Stone comes out and is like, I'm fully healthy, guys, which Mark Stone's not going to do because they don't let players talk to the media when they're injured. So they should absolutely do this. This is no doubt about it. The best thing the Golden Knights can do.
But from a competitive standpoint, do you think Mark Stone would be okay with fudging an injury for the next three months? That's what a good captain would do. That is, that is, in all honesty, that's probably the biggest concern, is you have to have Mark Stone, who, as we have seen, right, he is one of the most uh, celebrated players on this team, right? Or he celebrates the most on this team, right? He apparently loves to play hockey, right? He likes to score goals. He likes when his teammates score goals. That's the hardest part of this is you basically have to have Mark Stone on board for, hey, you're not going to play half a season. And it to me, that's not even not even necessarily just Mark Stone. That is like pretty much any hockey player. Guys want to play. I mean, guys want to just from a accumulating numbers standpoint, right? Like Mark Stone in his career is going to look back and he's going, I scored so many goals. But that one year I sat out half the season because our team was over the salary cap. I could have had 10 more goals, right? Like. Guys want to play, and that that is the hardest part of it. From a front office standpoint, it's an absolute no-brainer. That Mark Stone, yeah, he's got a back injury. He's on long-term IR for the rest of the regular season. But you do have to have Mark Stone, you know, on board with it. Mark Stone okay with it. That might be the biggest problem, but he might be willing to do it. Because, again, Mark Stone, the easy thing to tell Mark Stone, and maybe he doesn't go for this, but the easy thing to tell Mark Stone is we're trying to win the Stanley Cup. And... Yeah, that's nice in all 30 regular season games, but what are you going to care about more? The 10 goals you would have scored in 30 regular season games or the Stanley Cup we're going to win because we get Jack Eichel and we don't have to lose anybody. And what I'm about to say, obviously I know it's different seasons and there's most likely going to be different outcomes, but just looking back on last year's playoff run and how those top six struggled a lot, you don't think that's going to happen again if... Stone misses the last 30 or so games. Well, no, now they have Jack Eichel. Like right, that, but come that's, playoffs, do you, you don't think there's going to be any rust for him not having live eh. action hockey for three months? No, he'll get to practice. We're seeing it with Jack. You can practice when you're on long-term IR. Jack Eichel's doing it right now. So, like, yeah, but practice is completely It is. Different. You're right. But no, I have, I have confidence Mark Stone can step in there, especially because your first-round matchup, granted, they could end up with, the four seed from the the central and could be a little difficult, but they should win their first round, right? They shouldn't need Mark stone to be Mark stone to win the first playoff series, right? They should, they should be good enough to get that done. But I mean, it is a concern. It's something you weigh in there, but I, the other option is you just, you have, do you want like in your scenario, do you want 80% of Mark stone? But you also get to keep Riley Smith, Jonathan Marshall, Shea Theodore, whichever combination of the players you trade. Or would you rather have 100% Mark Stone and you don't have Riley Smith and a couple other players or something? I'll take 80% of Stone and the rest of the roster. To me, it's a no-brainer, 100%. As long as Mark Stone is okay with it, no doubt about it. This is what I'm doing as the front office. Then Not even a question. This is already done. We're good to go. So what do you do as the front office if... Stone forces their hand and says, no, I'm not going to sit out when I'm healthy. Yeah, you trade people. I mean, ultimately, that's what you do. Or you tell Jack Eichel to say, eh, stay in practice a little bit. Although that's kind of hard to do at this point. But I would imagine if this is what they're doing, they've already talked to Mark Stone about it and they know. But you trade. I mean, at the end of the day, you trade people. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to take Eichel over Riley Smith and Laurent Brossois or whatever combination it takes to get there. You're going to take Eichel. But the the no-brainer, the best move to make for them, to win the Stanley Cup 
is for Mark Stone to go in long-term IR. So I hope that's what they do. And, and I hope they have a super team. And even if they get rid of Brossois, you still got Logan Thompson. At Logan the, Thompson. I mean, listen, Knights. if Brossois or Thompson play a single game in the postseason, Golden Knights might be in trouble. Coming up next, we go back to Radio Row. It's the Press Bus on ESPN 1100 and 100.9 FM. Earlier, Ed and I caught up with Bob Golick and BJ Ganim of Sierra Delta from Radio Row. Back here on Radio Row at the Super Bowl, ESPN Las Vegas. Please be joined now, though. 14-year former football player, NFL player Bob Golick, and we also have BJ Ganim, founder and CEO of Sierra Delta. How are you guys? We're doing great. Doing, good. doing great. Good. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. But, well, BJ, we're going to get to everything you guys do with Sierra Delta. Yeah. Bob, how are you? I'm doing great. Had a great morning so far. Five cups of coffee. <laughs> Only one bathroom break, though. Only, that's right. <laughs> that's right. It was a long one, though. That's a success, Bob. Yeah, but water was cold. Success. But, um, yeah, it's been good. We've been bouncing around, talking to a bunch of people, and hanging out with BJ. I mean, it's, it is a rarely – I'm one of those people that usually doesn't stop talking. You know, like my, my brother, well, he learned it from me. Right. But so many times, and there's only a few times that I actually sit there and turn – and look, and I'm watching BJ talk and and talk about Sierra Delta and these things. So, so it's um, I, I it's it's an honor to to work with you. It's an honor to work and with I, you. Man. And I know that that's you don't like yeah. to. Yeah, no, I up, do. I do know this is what matters, right? The real relationship. Yeah, that's what matters, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think everybody thinks that everything that happens on Radio Row happens on your show is all scripted. You know, I've been oh, coming here for like. <laughs> That's good. We're There's in the right place, really Bob. We're, yeah, in the right we're in the right place. place. Oh, no we one can thinks relax. we have any idea what we're talking about. <laughs> Perfect. So this is going to be great. That's good. I'm figuring it out as we go too. But uh, well, we're I've been doing, doing a lot of good and, and and I and I first came into this, but they were already in. It was, you know, the uh, the football game. That's right. And back at the time, it was a wounded wounded yeah. warrior empty football game, and against old players, retired players, veteran players, and um, and it was just a great game. Yeah, it, was. And it was amazing to watch. I mean, I think most of us hadn't seen people with prosthetics and yeah. and things running and doing the things. That's right. Uh, that you do. So uh, it was something we wanted to come back to every year. Uh, yeah. It was just you know to see that kind of that training. So you know that's where you know we've hooked up and we're you know seeing each other and it's just amazing watching these guys. It really is. It started as almost like a joke. Like let's just play some flag football with some NFL guys and Chris Visser was able to line yeah. it up. And then that's it's been almost nine years for me doing this. Like the first one was in New York, and now we realize, well, nobody wants us to go. We thought we'd play like a few games, and then everybody gets sick of us and like, oh, thank you, vets, go, go, go. Hey, we got to go into the next. But we legitimately build a lot of relationships between the veterans and the alumni. There's so many similarities, and it's funny because uh, Nate Boyer, who is a Green Beret and also served, uh, played at the, for the 49ers and the Seahawks. Mm just released a movie last night that was produced by Sylvester Stallone. Uh, it's called MVP, and it's about merging vets and players in his old organization with Jay Glazer. Phenomenal movie. It's like a feature film. This isn't a documentary. It's a feature film. He acts. There's a lot of players in there act- acting as themselves. Um, I believe Michael Strahan and all those guys are in there. And there's vets in there playing themselves. So it, it became something real, and so we wanted to continue to go. And so now we have the Stars and Stripes Bowl, which we just played on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. We partnered mm-hmm. up with Snoop Dogg and his uh, special oh, stars. And Snoop's played in three of the games before, and he wanted to be a part of this one. He had a lot of stuff going on. 
obviously because he's the halftime show right. for the Super Bowl. Yeah. And Is that um, what they call them his special stars? That's what the the yeah the kids okay. with special needs yeah. and Snoop special yeah. stars. And and that, that, it was um, that was what was happening. They they actually went out and played before the vets, the, the main yeah. game. And it was just amazing to watch. It really was. And it's, the kids are, I mean, because I think a lot of us have worked with things like Special Olympics yeah. in the past, and it's just such a, uh, an amazing feeling. And you know what it is? It's one of those things where you go, you watch, and you go, God, I wish my, I wish my teammate had that kind of, that kind of love for what he does. Right? Enthusiasm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they play just for the love, and, it's, and you can see how it helps them get over. I came out and volunteered for Snoop's camp in august and working with nakani she heads up the snoop special stars you know it's right here in la uh but they're looking to grow it to other cities and that's why we partnered with them so that we can continue our mission of helping vets get access to all types of dog training not just medical assistance service dogs but everything else and we call those life buddies and we're making it fun all of us need help getting getting better right and so this isn't a disability program i know i'm missing a leg they got blown off in Iraq in 2004 due to a roadside bomb. I lost some friends, right? But the only thing I can't do in this, this prosthetic foot is grow toenails. I've run marathons. I've climbed mountains. I've, I play football against NFL greats like Bob Golick. Well, not against you. never actually go out and play. I, I went out there, but I pulled my hamstring. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. We had, so, which, I uh, feel, which feels weird telling, a, yeah. telling that to a guy who lost his leg in Iraq. That's right. Oh, oh your foot hurts? Really? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> let me get you the extra one. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> let me, let me kick you in the right. ass with it. <laughs> None of us want to be a part of a disability program. None of us want to be a part of a government program. That's why Sierra Delta doesn't take money from the government. We want to be a part of our own solution. We want to be the good guys in our own story. And that's what Sierra Delta is doing. This relationship with dogs is 35,000 years. Like, do you guys, you have a dog? All right, absolutely. You know what? We just had to put our dog down. 14 wonderful years, though. Yeah. Got really sick in the end. Right. Uh, and horrible, horrible situation when you have to do that. But, you know, lived a long, happy life. Yeah. And But that you get so close to them. It's, I was going to say, it's, it's like a family. I mean, it is it a is. family member. It is. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and I heard a six-year-old girl explain that she knew why dogs don't live as long as humans. And this was when they were putting their family. No, she said they come into this world knowing how to love, and humans take a lot longer to figure it out. Oh, that's my God. That's profound, right? Wow. And that's it. And that's the basis of Sierra Delta is we want to reestablish the fire team for these veterans, all of them, whether they served in combat, whether they served two years or 40 years. I don't care. You served the country. That's enough. It's an all-volunteer force, and even those that were drafted. I mean, I'm tired. There's 48,000 veteran-centric nonprofits in this country. The VA is only servicing 30% of the 18 million veterans. Out of those 48,000 veteran-centric nonprofits, they're not working together. And then we have to figure out if we qualify for them. Do you have a Purple Heart? Were you in combat? Did you serve at this time frame? Most of these organizations are post-9-11 only. And we can't leave the people behind us behind. Cold War, Gulf War, uh, Vietnam War, Korean War. We've got to work together. And that's what this is about. Let's, bear, let's blow down all these barriers and let's just create a wellness program that at least helps you enhance that relationship with your dog. And if you need special services, we can get you to the right place. That's Perm it. Former NFL player Bob Golick along with B.J. Gannam, founder and CEO of Sierra Delta, here with us. It's Ed and Tyler. Tyler, are you back there? 
I am here. All right, hey, Tyler. Oh, oh man, Tyler's I'm sorry. Looking. I didn't know we had no, somebody no, else. No, no, Tyler. Where the hell is Tyler under the table? Where the heck is Tyler? I now, am Tyler, more fascinated by the 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 only thing you don't have is toenails on your on your foot. I mean, that's the only thing I can't do is grow. Yeah. I mean, they actually try to paint them in there. It's weird looking, but uh, are they uh, working on that? By the way, yeah, the, no, the no I hope not. Okay. I, I mean, I like only cutting five. <laughs> I, I was going to say that sounds like a good thing, right? Like they don't. Are you need done? Of course, I'm done. I only yeah, had five. That's right. That's it. Oh and half-price well, pedicures, right? Yeah. Pedicures. Well, you know, you, you mentioned all the organizations, too. And I, I watched a video by a band called Five Finger Death Punch. Yeah. Um, something about the other side or, or whatever. Yeah, anyway, yeah. At, the, at the end of it, it's about veterans and and how they're not they're not all getting the help that they need and 22 right. veterans a day and all sure. that. And at the end, they run essentially a credit and it yeah. talks and it shows all the organizations right. that are available to right. it, like DAV. And we and, need to tie it all and, in. And it, and it was so many different ones. And I've heard nothing, but on my radio show, people call in and say, we couldn't get into this because we right. weren't Purple Heart or we right. weren't right. that. It was just like you were just, just saying. saying. Right. And if you could just bring it together. Right, and just find something that's 70% of American households have a dog in it. I think it's like 68.9, so I rounded up. Last year, this I'm going to get another dog perfect. when I get so home. Perfect, so you get it so up there. Yeah, yeah. get a 70. So um, last year alone, this country spent $90 billion on pet accessories. $90 billion. Imagine if we can get like half a percent of that diverted to this, and that's why we built Sierra Delta the way we did. We want to do profit sharing with companies, with you know all these big pet industries. Let me help you get that goodwill that you want for your marketing campaigns. Let me engage these vets because this Sierra Delta program is not mine. It is the veterans. And we tell them, you go say the why. We'll give you the tools you're going to have to execute. This country has invested in these men and women, and they are some of the best we have. But yet the systems we have set up to support us, are, are, they are rewarding the bad behaviors. In the VA, the reason why there's 22 veterans killed, in my opinion, this is my opinion, B.J. Gannon's opinion, is that it's because of the way the systems are set up in the VA. You get more money and more help, the worse off you are. If you can't hold down a job, if you can't maintain a relationship, if you drink too much, if you get in trouble with the law, do drugs, all the things we don't want them to do, we have them do in order to get the help. A veteran can't walk in off the street and go to the VA unless they have a disability rating. This is what we got to fix. They're only servicing 30%, and the thing is they're not doing it very well. And now this isn't to complain about the people that actually work at the VA. I know they care. It's the process. And the reason is is that entrepreneurship is what makes this country so good, the opportunity to do entrepreneurship. Mm. That's where we then start looking to solve these problems. The government cannot solve it for it. It's not dynamic enough. It's nothing against the government workers. We need you. But we need you to stay in your lane and allow these things to work and better and so that people can find their own way, drive their own bus. We all need help every now and again. We need to focus on wellness and not so much focusing on trying to help only those that we think deserve it versus somebody else that doesn't. BJ, quickly, where can they get information? SierraDelta.com. SierraDelta.com. Find us on all the social media. That's the best way to start helping is help us spread this message, share our stories, donate at SierraDelta.com. I mean, it's there. We did a thousand vets last year alone. We are looking to add three thousand this year. We can do it if we can all work together and reorganize this, utilizing technology. He's Bob Golick. He's B.J. Gannam. We appreciate it both, fellas. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys Thank letting you. us be out here. <clears throat> 
it's the only thing in her life she could call an engagement. Raiders.com's Cassie Soto joins the press box for her weekly hit. Hello, Cassie. We still have good morning. We got to update that. It's all right. It's it's the good old days. The good old days. Okay. Jared needs to do some work though. He can update it. We'll be fine there. Um, I, I asked Ed this earlier on the show. I asked who was mad at him or who he was mad at between he, Adam, and Heidi out for the Super Bowl and Vinny. Uh, and he said nobody was mad at anybody. Do you believe that? Absolutely not. <laughs> who is most likely to be mad at who right now? Oh, no comment. No comment. Oh, I wait. can't say do you, that. Do you know the answer to that question? I, I don't know what I know. I don't I mean, know. I'm not over there. I mean, you, I don't know. You can say they're all mad at Adam Hill. Everybody's mad at Adam Hill. Yeah. And I also feel like he just Adam, walks into a room right. and everybody gets mad. And I probably just assume Adam Hill's always mad at somebody anyway. So Adam's always like, like on a level of, a level of like one to 10 grumpiness. I think he just like wakes up at a five. <laughs> <laughs> like that's just where he, he stays okay do you have any rooting interest in the super bowl not a one not a one okay does your does but your... i will say joe burrow because i appreciate the the chain and the, the like throwback rock look okay who do you think is going to celebrate better joe burrow or odell beckham oh joe burrow okay all right so you so that's what so that's that that's your rooting interest now then right Okay. Yeah. You just, okay. you just gave me one. You're welcome. Does your fiance have a rooting interest? Uh, he likes Matt Stafford actually. What does, I what, no wait, idea what why. does that mean? He likes, I've never like heard he, that before. Some, he just is like, man, this, like he's always talked about him. He's always been like, man, that guy could win if he wasn't. Oh, wait, 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 wait. This is a, this is a, before this season, he's always yeah. liked Matt Stafford. He, he's always liking, he's he says he has a soft spot for Matt Stafford. Has your fiance like why. ever been to no Detroit? Has he ever huh? been to Detroit? Not no. He's like <laughs> left Vegas twice, I think. <laughs> and also this is the strangest thing I think you've ever told me about him is that he he yeah. likes Matt Stafford. He he he's a Matt Stafford guy. Okay. Do you, okay, a more important question. Do you enjoy cheering for or against things your fiance likes? Uh, who? I don't know. Uh, no, I don't like seeing him sad, really. So I'll cheer with him. Okay. All right. Like, there's I, not many things like we we disagree, yeah. like that he loves that I hate so yeah. much. Yeah. You know, like my parents, my dad's a Raiders fan and mom's a Broncos fan. So they'll, like, if it was anybody else, right, Super Bowl, one of those teams, they the opposite would be cheering for the opposing team for okay. sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that makes sense. That's that's how that should be. Um, I, just, I asked because, like, with my. Friends, I don't want any of their favorite teams to ever win. Like none, <laughs> not at all. I want them to all be terrible for my girlfriend, but she doesn't care too much about sports. But like, like her anime characters, I want all her favorite ones to die. Like that's no. just my favorite thing that happens. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, she gets sad about it. Not ideal, but that's what I'm cheering for. Usually. You just like other people's despair? Yeah, very much so. Oh, very much so. That is the premise of this show most of the time. I can me. get behind that because yeah. you know what I love? You know what's my favorite part about big championship games, like everything on the line, is when the, 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 the winning team, they show the winning team for like two seconds, 
but then they go to all the players <laughs> crying. I I want like show me more grown men crying <laughs> on the floor, <laughs> curled up, just devastated. It is so. It is one of the best things the TV producers do is they are yes. trying to find the people that are crying. The cameramen are finding them and the TV producers are yelling at them to find them so that they can show the grown men crying just for you. Apparently you're the one person at home that wants to see them crying. Show me the people crying. Yes. Or like the fans when the fans are just overly invested, you know, it's like, come on, this is what you care about. My, All right. my favorite fan shot was the Raiders chargers last game of the season. The one Steelers fan they kept showing on TV. <laughs> was phenomenal. Like there was a couple, wasn't it? Wasn't it a couple? Well, or was it just one? They showed person? more than one, but they went back to the huh. same guy a few times because he was just like beside himself at the possibility that that game might end in a tie, <laughs> which was the best reaction. That was a better reaction than anything that Raiders or Chargers fans did. It was the one Steelers fan who was just, "Are you bleeping kidding me? These there two teams might end in a tie and the Steelers be out of the playoffs." <laughs> Which would have been phenomenal. Would have been the best thing. Um, that would have been good. All right. This is another important question for you. Uh, well, if you're at your house, how many plants are you currently looking at? Uh, I'm upstairs right now, so none. Oh, or, the, you know what? Okay. There's one. There's one okay. in the bathroom. Of course. How many plants do you have in your house at the moment? Like 34. Do you think you have a problem? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have furniture for humans in your house, or is everything in your house just weird benches you've built for plants? Just plants. Strictly okay. plants. It's a, I, I'm a little concerned. That sounds like way too many plants. Well, there's like three of them that have died that I can't just find the heart to throw away yet. So really, we're in like the low 30. What do you mean you can't find the heart to throw away a plant that's Cause dead? I'm like, because sometimes they go dormant in the winter. So like there could be hope that it comes back to life, but it's just like all brown and crusty. I mean, sitting on my shelf. So. I'm not going to pretend to You saw the new plant shelf that I built? It was I, good, huh? I did. I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about plants, but I don't feel like that's accurate, that they go dormant, <laughs> look like they're dead, and then come back it to is, life. It is, because I had I had to Google it for my Oxalis triangular. Oh, I think you told, us, you told us about this one. Yeah, before. my purple one, the purple one that opens and closes the butterfly yeah. plant, that one goes dormant. And so sure enough, I kept watering it and watering it, and it just sprouted three new flowers. But it had nothing. Dormant or dead? Like dormant. when you say like, dormant. It, it did takes it, a nap. But like, did it look dead or was it yes. just sort of it struggling? Was dirt. It was just a pot of dirt. <laughs> like you wouldn't have known there was anything in there. <laughs> okay. Did you, you struggled putting together your most recent I thought I did good. I only I did it in like an hour all by myself with no instructions. Yeah, that was that was where you struggled. You didn't have instructions for it. I think, and it hasn't broke yet, so we're oh, <laughs> devastating there. All right, last important update because I think we're gonna have to get updates on this the whole time. You bought a wedding dress. I did. Didn't you tell us like two weeks ago you weren't gonna buy one just yet? It just happened. Oh, boy. I, I put it on, and I started crying, and it what? happened. You put it on and just immediately started crying? Instant tears, like a little girl. <sighs> I know. It's weird. It's the weirdest thing. And now it's just sitting like a body bag in my parents' house. <laughs> like, if you, open the, if you open the closet doors, it's just this big blue bag that straight up looks like a body. So hold on, hold on. You you broke the wedding law. You're getting married in October in the fall. Twenty twenty three. Yeah. Okay. So this is going to be there for a year and a half. 
for a while. Yeah. Jeez, that's not good. Yeah. That's yeah, not yeah. good at all. What happens? Right. What happens if you don't like it in a year and a half? <laughs> then I'm glad I didn't spend a whole lot of money on it. Yeah. You're gonna have to suck it up and wear it anyways. Probably, yeah. All right. Will your fiance look more endearing at you or Matt Stafford? Oh, if Matt Stafford wins. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. I, okay, hold on. To go back to this, he doesn't have like a favorite team, right? He likes the Packers. Oh, he, he likes the Packers. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He's a Packers fan. Did he just feel bad for Matt Stafford for a I, decade? Maybe. <laughs> Like, did he just watch him and be like, yeah, this guy's all right. He deserves better than the trade. This is the most baffling thing you've ever told me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I was just like, man, that Matt Stafford guy. So I'm like, okay, dude, whatever. So yeah, he's real excited. So he, he's pulling for Stafford. Okay. I don't know. If, if, if he wins next Friday, I'll have him come on and explain his love of Matt Stafford. For okay, that that'll, be, that'll be helpful. All right, before we let you go, true or false, Ed Grady is mad at Adam Hill right now. Probably true. I'll All just right. go true. She's Cassie Soto from the Review Journal or Raiders.com, something like that. Cassie, thanks so much. <laughs> thanks, guys. All right. Here we go. We got John Mayer tickets to give away. If you want to go see John Mayer, he's coming to Las Vegas on March 11th. You can buy tickets at axs.com or want a pair from us right now. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. 702 702- Three six four eleven hundred. That's the phone number. John Mayer tickets, March eleventh, coming to Vegas. Seven zero two three six four eleven hundred. We'll take caller number eleven at seven zero two three six four eleven hundred. Did you? It's the press box on ESPN eleven hundred and one hundred point nine FM. Last segment for us before the Super Bowl. Last day of Radio Row. Jared will be back in here on Monday. Ed is going to actually stick around for the Super Bowl. So we won't have Ed back until Tuesday of next week. Um, Danny, I have a question for you. What's, sure. what's your favorite prop bet? Ooh, that's a good one. Because I was telling you earlier, I made, uh, I think I made around like 12 or 13. Uh, the one I'm really hoping hits is the Matt Stafford rushing touchdown at plus 550. <laughs> that would be great. Um and then I do have the total sacks on over five and a half. But Cofield was talking to somebody earlier this week, and they mentioned a interception, lost fumble, and missed field goal prop. And that one seems a little interesting because you're just... Well, you need all three of those? Yeah, you need all three. So you're just asking for chaos. I think that's right up <laughs> your alley. You're asking for poorly played football. <laughs> you're, that, I think that's I do right like up that your one. alley. I do and, like that one. And honestly, I think two of the three are pretty easy. The interception and the lost fumble, because especially with how bad Cincinnati's line is, I think the Rams can cause Burrow to fumble. Also, the Rams fumbled about 74 times in that game against Tampa Bay. And there you go. So that's possible, too. That's possible. And we would just need a missed field goal. And now McPherson is 12 of 12 in the playoffs. <laughs> He's due to miss but, one. Yeah, due to miss <laughs> one. And LA's kicker, I think, missed like two or three already in the playoffs. Yeah, well. did he miss two kicks in that Tampa game? He I missed think, at least one. He yeah. might have missed two kicks in that Tampa game. Yeah, it happens. It so, happens. I mean, asking for chaos sounds it's a good like bet. a good time. It's a good bet. I got to find that one. I like I said earlier in the show, I throw away twenty dollars every year by betting on a player, a specific player, to have an interception. Uh, ben Brown suggested I go with Taylor Rapp or Jalen Ramsey 
from the Rams. I think I'm going to bet on somebody from the Bengals, though. I'm probably going to bet on Mike Hilton. He went to Ole Miss. I like him. So that's where I lose $20 every year is betting on a specific player to have a pick, and it never happens. What about Gatorade color? I don't like that one as much. I'd, I'm not a big fan of like that one or like the coin toss one right. or the national anthem, although I don't think we can do that in Vegas. But no, I, I don't know. Those ones don't, I don't, don't entice me as much. I did take, and in my mind, I think it's going to be easy because, I mean, it's going at, I don't know, I'm throwing a random number out, but like 80%, but kickoff on the opening touch or touchback on the opening kickoff. I saw somebody mention that, that it's happened 12 of the last 13 Super Bowls or 11 of the last 13 Super Bowls, something like that, that the opening kickoff almost always is a touchback. Very rarely gets actually returned for any yardage. Yeah. Which is the case for most kickoffs, right? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, we've gotten to a point where it's put it in the end zone. Like, because we saw for, well, we saw for a little bit, even in college football, kickers started to get good enough to just pop it up to where they would catch it at the one yard line. And you'd have to return it because you were coming out. You couldn't, but college football changed the rule to where you can call a fair catch and get the ball out of the 25, which is always fun to watch, but that's not real in the NFL yet. So we'll see, but yeah, just kick it in the end zone. I also like plus money bets in the Super Bowl. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not here to actually win money. I mean, it'd be nice. I'm just here to yeah, bet on stupid stuff. Like Mike Hilton will have an interception. But yeah, or this fumble, uh, fumble interception and miss field goal. I got to find that one. Absolutely, that I found it. Uh, it's at William Hill. You can also bet um, over under on amount of missed kicks, so field goals and extra points. What is it? A half? Is it one and a half? Uh, I want to say it was one and a half. Pretty high. Two missed kicks. Yeah, I mean, missed extra point, missed field goal. Yeah. Or uh, maybe I like Evan McPherson too much. Score prediction quick. I'm going to go 26-23 Rams. 27-19 Rams win. A lot of field goals in a 27-19 game. That's like four for the Bengals. We'll be back next week after the Super Bowl.